0: Fleet up a look on the asa oh my god they're
1: all going against the wind it was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere States, it's a worldwide phenomenon. This is Michael Mazzola, and you are listening to That UFO Podcast.
0: Have you ever looked up to the skies and seen something you can't
1: explain, or walked deep in the forest and sensed something watching you? Do you believe in an afterlife, or a hidden veil that can communicate with the living,
0: then you need Shadows of Your Mind magazine. Download all issues completely free at shadowsmagazine.co.uk. Shadows of Your Mind, where your search for the answers begins.
1: hi everyone and welcome back to that ufo podcast uh very excited to have uh, a very special guest with me uh, host of a very popular youtube channel on this episode i'm going to get straight into the interview this week so on this episode i have a, a photographer filmmaker paranormal researcher uh someone who believes that the paranormal is very much normal i have uh, you'll know him very well as the undead gaucho uh, undead gaucho how are we doing this evening
0: i'm doing great and first off i just want to say uh thank you so much for inviting me on this podcast Uh, I've always wanted to be on a podcast I listen to your podcast I listen to Somewhere in the Skies and it's been a dream of mine so I'm super happy to be here
1: No, that's awesome. We could do that thing where we go back and forward and I say, oh, I love your YouTube channel as well. It's so good. And I'm going to do that anyway within the question. So we won't bore the (laughs) listeners with that. But thank you very much. And obviously, you have mentioned somewhere in the skies, which is Ryan Sprague, who is actually one of the listener questions is from Ryan as well of somewhere in the skies. Um, so we'll get to that a little bit later on. But uh, got a ton of interest when I announced you were coming on and I didn't give the listeners, as, as usual, too much notice of it either. Got some really good questions to get to. Um, but people are really interested in a lot of your views. Now, obviously, you'll be best known from anyone listening to this podcast or who hasn't heard you that you've got an awesome YouTube channel. Um, a lot of the listeners I know watch that YouTube channel as well as listen to myself Um, your accent definitely comes out in a poll top of of the accents as we were joking about before we hit record Uh, your videos are, my my favourite ones obviously are the UFO and UAP ones and you've got a lot of stuff on there, Um, what are some of the origins then of your YouTube channel?
0: Well originally it started because I just wanted to film and I've always enjoyed Uh, using my cameras uh, even since I was a little kid so after a long time of not having a channel and seeing you know how the world was changing and media was changing and seeing that there was this you know the the platform's been there for so long I thought I got to do this and I just started using whatever I had originally it was just like my phone and from there I I finally picked up another camera it had been a while since I had a camera so I started getting back into my camera, taking photos and filming, and it's it spawned all from that, you know.
1: Now, the channel itself got really popular, hitting uh, close to 2,000 subscribers now as well. Um, I was looking back in some of your older... Uh, travel sort of videos and whatnot is as people may or may not know you're out in Buenos Aires Argentina home of Lionel Messi and other things Argentinian obviously uh, for those that weren't too familiar Um, so there's a lot of really cool stuff to kind of check out on there as well what was your interest though in the paranormal growing up that obviously has eventually led you to having a a popular YouTube channel on it
0: well I've always been uh, into the paranormal I I try to think of Situations or moments when I was younger that really sparked me to look into this stuff, and it just seems like there's so many strange things that that happened to me growing up, that probably happened to a lot of people, uh, that led me in this direction. It sort of started with my my mom. She's really into uh, she's really into high strangeness and UFOs. She's just open to it. she's not a researcher or anything but she's open to it and she's always kind of left that there for me and like showed me that there's nothing wrong thinking outside the box or looking at the world and questioning reality so it's been a long journey to basically get to creating videos about this subject and, and talking about the subject openly but it's always been there it's always been in the foreground and if I started listing out stories, I'd probably be talking for a long time, but when I was a kid, I remember my first kind of strange story was uh, with shadow beings or shadow people. A lot of people see shadow beings and shadow people, right, especially kids, and they blame it on imagination and things like that. And I really don't go around telling these stories that often because I feel like something that's very important that we need, especially in this community, is credibility. And I was a kid, right? So, but the interesting thing is, is that I actually didn't start thinking it was shadow beings or shadow people that I was interacting with when I was a kid until I got older and I started doing research. And the cases and stuff that I was looking into matched perfectly with with what was happening to me as a kid in this certain apartment. Once we left that apartment, it never happened again, you know, which I found strange. So that situation, that experience, which kind of, in a way, kind of traumatized me because it was pretty scary, (laughs) that uh, sparked me to look more into it. And then I started asking myself, is it possible that what you were seeing was this because it matches perfectly? So, yes, that's one thing. But I could probably list 10 different stories like that growing up that happened to me,
1: you know i'll say like i I never saw anything per se like that when i was younger i I don't have any ghost tales and i've got a few podcast friends who recently asked me to do some some stories and stuff but I, i don't really have many i've got a couple of ufo sightings that i've talked about enough times on the podcast but for all I love UFOs, UAP, aliens, I would love to see something far, far closer than I ever have. Um, you know, I'd love to see a being at a distance, not too close, but, you know, sort of close enough that I could run away safely. <laughs> but I would be terrified to see any sort of spirit or ghost. And and so wh- how young were you? Were you not really scared when you have these kind of entities kind of around
0: Oh, no, I was super scared. But the thing is, when you're young, you really don't understand what's happening, right? And then the adults around you are just telling you, like, it's your imagination. So I remember what would happen is I would obviously, you know, it'd be in my room alone, it'd be dark, and I'd see like the figure, the outline of a person walking around the room. And for so many nights, I thought it was just, you know, my imagination, I was seeing things because there was this window in the bedroom that went out to a street and it was like a busy street, so trucks and stuff would try, drive by, and sometimes lights would shine through the window and reflect. And I could, I was trying to figure it out. you know. I was trying to tell myself, like, no, it's just the lights and stuff. And then one night, uh, I actually made a video about this, so I'm not afraid to tell the story. But <laughs> one night uh, I was in the room, <clears throat> and I I decided to confront this figure that I kept seeing. And the weird thing was, is it was kind of like, it looked kind of like it was, I don't know how to say this, like j- moving in and out, like uh, tribal dancing kind of kind of thing, like shaking. And I, w- I just kept telling myself, this has got to be in your head. You know, I'm a little kid. I'm not going to be afraid. My dad kept telling me, you got to face your fears and stuff. So I got up and I went up to it thinking it's going to disappear. As soon as I walk up to it, it's going to be a coat rack or it's going to be a shadow or something and i walked up to it it was taller than me and i remember it looked down at me but i couldn't you know i couldn't make out a face or anything and i got so scared it's like i felt just fear panic and my parents were like across the hall uh so obviously the first thing i did was try to run to my parents room i don't remember how small i was but probably like six or seven um I try to run across the hall and when i run across the hall i can see the living room right from the hall you can look to your left and you see the living room when i get into the middle of the hall i look out into the living room and i I swear i saw uh just a whole group of these same figures all standing in the room doing that same movement that the one was doing in the bedroom and i was at that point my mind is trying to comprehend what's what i'm seeing and i just remember it was like they all kind of they didn't have faces or, or any sort of distinctive features they were like figures and they all just turned around i don't know how i could tell they turned around but they all turned around at the same time and it was just like a room full of them and i ran into the to my parents room and i obviously like screamed or something they woke up and my mom got so scared she started telling my dad to close the door you know like shut the door like and then my dad kind of got scared too which kind of made me think when I got older because he he kind of acted like he thought maybe there was somebody in the house and that always stuck with me you know it was like we all got scared together but once I left that house those kinds of things didn't happen anymore and I would actually like anytime I would be in the dark somewhere for years I'd be like just looking trying to see if I could see that again or And I would check things, you know, like, is this the same thing? And I'd grab something and it'd be like a coat rack or a shadow. And I'd be like, okay, that's nothing. But I just clearly remember those situations. And when I read uh, cases of shadow beings and shadow people and stuff like that, I automatically made the connection. But again, I was young, you know, I was uh, just a kid and kids see things in the dark. So I can tell you the story as descriptive as I just did. I could probably get more descriptive because it wasn't, you know, one night, but I still try to hold on to my credibility and not put all my chips in one corner, you know, who knows what could have been happening. I do think it's strange that once I left that location, I didn't have that experience ever again. So
1: that was that. that. Thanks for sharing because, I mean, that was pretty freaky and uh, like I say, I'm I'm a fan of all things paranormal, but there's a lot of stuff I don't like. I don't want to see uh, shadow people, ghosts, anything like that would, would be something I'd, I'd be saying no thank you to. Um, I was scared of the dark pretty much my whole life. Still still have a little bit of a thing in the dark. You know, I'd rather have a light on whatever I'm going about um, because I had, I don't know if you, Thomas the Tank Engine is a famous UK cartoon. Uh, yeah, you probably get it in the US and stuff. I know you were saying that's where you grew up to. Um, and I had... Wallpaper, Like you say, as the light came through the window during the night, it would hit these trains and it sort of looked like it was coming, they were coming out the wall. And that's why I'm scared of uh, the dark. So not necessarily shadow people on the same scale, but I had a uh, cartoon trains coming out the wall at me. So, but, <laughs> and that was enough. So that's levels above what, what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, but I feel like everybody has their own experience and their own journey that started pushes them to, to look into the paranormal and to, you know, question these kinds of things. So even you seeing, you know, the train and the lights flashing on there, something was causing that fear in you and something you remember it till this day I'm saying, but of course it's great that you're like, you know exactly what you were seeing and what was going on. I actually never told those stories to people because I was just like, you know,
1: I don't even know what happened. Um, and but do you know what it is? I, I'm more than happy. I, I believe those stories when people tell them. And like like you've kind of said anyway, some, some people may tell these stories and maybe that's not what's happening and it's, it's the way it's being interpreted by them. But then obviously you know what you saw and that's that's fine everyone's got those sorts of stories i'm happy to believe and not witness or see that myself and again that's but i see the opposite and a lot of people when i talk about the kind of ufos i've seen you know of which three or four different sightings a couple of particularly good ones and and people just don't want to hear about it they don't want to if they're not interested in that at all and for me more recently especially the last couple of years people talk about the phenomenon in general uh and ghosts, shadow people, giants, all these different Bigfoot, you know, they're all starting to come into one again as people uh, like Lou Zondo is now championing that the world in reality is far stranger than we could ever imagine, and it, it seems more and more that all this stuff's connected. And it's something we'll talk a, a little bit later on about, like multidimensionals and interdimensionals. Like, if you see shadow people, are you seeing something that, in its existence is seeing you like a shadow person? Uh, like you say, these things could literally be almost witnessing you. And you're acting scared and they run away and that something follows you and you never know they're looking in that room and they see three beings, but it's you with your mum and your dad. And you, you don't know what's going on in different realities or, you know, it's, it's really interesting to think about. And like you say, credibility is huge. And that's something I talk about a lot on this show as well. I think it's how you talk about it. And that, that's why your channel is getting so popular as well. It's the way you present yourself and the way you present the stories, your arguments, your opinion, opinions. And at the end of the day, this is all opinion. Um, I, I remember I said back in one of my really early interviews that in, in all of these subjects, no matter what it is, aliens, UFOs, ghosts, paranormal, everyone could be wrong. We don't 100% yet know who is right not everyone's going to be right though most people are going to be wrong in fact but we don't know who that person is yet that's going to be right so it's hard to kind of blow people off yet that you don't know who's kind of who's race to to kind of join in at the moment which is which is a big part of it um i want you to just touch on though uh your. your youtube channel itself and um, you talked about your your background uh, in filmmaking i mentioned right at the start the quality of your videos are extremely high uh, and uh, we were joking again before we started recording about i've got a coffee based on your 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 mood lighting and coffee you drank in your ufo hotspots video which is very much obviously worth checking out people over at undead gaucho's youtube channel and um, what what's the background that you you, you put so much effort into that into the channel
0: well, like I said, I've always been into uh, cameras, and I've always—I'm really into cinema and, and films ever since I was a kid. You know, back when blockbuster existed, I used to love to go rent—you know—VHS videos, and every weekend try to. Rent I, I worked
1: in blockbuster when I was growing up in the UK. That's cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually worked in a video store too. Uh, it's a weird place, right, to work in a video store. Sometimes you get—you start to learn like what people really like or what they think you know by what they rent
1: especially when you can see their video history and what they rent
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, I I worked in this uh, it was like a 2020 video or something and it was in Los Angeles like kind of like near Hollywood and it was kind of a shady spot you know it was when DVDs were already out and they were just renting VHS's still and we had some some unexplained customers, unidentified customers, you know, that would come in there and rent uh, crazy movies. But I, like I said, I've always been into it and growing up in Los Angeles, you're like surrounded by, by the movie industry. I actually worked as an extra for some time. I did like, I don't really remember anymore what I did because it was when I was young, but I did extra work. My mom did extra work. My dad did extra work. So I've always kind of been into it. And as I grew older, I started thinking like, dude, you need to start taking, you need to start taking your passions more seriously. Get another camera, start trying to, to, to really get into this. And if you're gonna make content, and especially if I'm gonna make content about high strangeness and the UFO phenomenon, I believe that I need to give you guys or everyone that watches it the best quality that I can because I feel like good quality is going to make somebody that clicks on it that maybe isn't into the subject stay just that you know just a little bit longer maybe to get uh, into the subject and that's really what I'm trying to do is take my quality high enough to where if a kid watches it for the first time and he doesn't even know it just came on because YouTube just suggested it he's just going to stay watching it because he's like wow look how good the quality is i wonder who this guy is or what this is and they might get inspired and become UFO researchers.
1: I love that and it's got a lot of hallmarks and if you talk about Lou Zondo's five observables for unidentified objects, you've got a couple of the hallmarks of a good quality channel or podcast or video podcast or blog whatever you want to call it because you've got the quality of the production there, that that stands out like a sore thumb. You've got a little bit of humour in it as well which is something I think is really important. I've got more comfortable putting my personality across as the show's going on and further and further and I hope people enjoy listening to that because it's, it's just me being a bit more myself but even like i say i joked about you drinking the coffee but the whole mood thing and your hand up and don't you hear it when youtubers drink coffee but yeah and it's just like it just brings a little bit of it it's natural that's the way people are but then the content itself is really high quality but the videos are really digestible as well like your your videos are normally five six six minutes long and it is that maybe it's that twitter generation where people want bite-sized content and fast bang 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 but it's really high quality stuff. And like you see, I think as anyone can watch it and get something from it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, basically that's like my whole idea for making the videos short is also to make them easily digestible. Right. Cause like I said, I really want people that aren't into this phenomenon to look into it and start questioning it. Uh, sometimes I think, we in the community or just anyone when talking about this we can like overload people that don't know anything about it because we spend days and hours looking into it and researching it and we just want to talk to somebody about it we want somebody to hear us we want to have the conversation so finding an easy way to present it to people and not leave them like you know not have them want to Want to click away or, or leave the video quick enough? I just want to catch them for that moment and maybe inspire them. You know, that's my whole goal with it. I could make longer videos, and it may be possible. You know, that in the future I make longer videos because I I really would love to um, talking about the the quality and stuff as well. Like I said, I'm into uh, cinema and filmmaking and photography, and right now what I'm using is the best quality I can get. I think I could go way higher with quality over time because uh, there are some expensive rigs out there and expensive you know, cameras and all this kind of stuff and that's honestly I feel like that would be amazing for the community to have just uh, uh, have videos and just content out there that is high enough like at the level of any other uh, creative person or any other filmmaker so people just enjoy
1: it you know and that's it and there's definitely a place for it and again we talked about this before we came on that we don't have studios you're not sitting with uh, two producers just now like joe rogan is in a very (laughs) classy room and we joked about the spotify contract and I'm clearly, from the video that no one is ever going to see, uh, not sitting in a fancy studio. Uh, Gaucho can absolutely see where I'm sitting just now. But this is something you put together at your own cost, something I've put together at my own cost. Um, with People have got Patreons, GoFundmes, Kickstarters, all those sorts of things that and it's it's really tough times for everyone just now. So if you can get anyone contributing to help, it's amazing. But like you say, to keep putting out the content, it takes you time. If you've got a family, you know, I've got a family I've talked about before. It I've got a job, you've got a job. It's not something I would love to do this 24-7, you know, and eight hours of my day could literally be spent in a studio recording different shows, formats, different guests, hosts, all that kind of stuff. But reality kind of kicks in at the moment for everyone. But again, I'll say people like myself as well, because people listen to this podcast, people like you, Ryan Sprague, Jay from Project Unity, Dave Shadows of Your Mind Magazine, and sorry I've missed off loads of other people, are all putting this stuff out there. A lot of it at their own cost, but people appreciate it, and it's getting a really important message out at a very important time as well wanting to ask you then um you mentioned you you grew up and you've said there in, in la you've mentioned about well, you've done a lot of extra work in the past and uh, you now live in argentina what currently is the the south american attitude to un- unidentified aerial phenomenon
0: you know i feel like in argentina and in south america it's kind of like most people that i talk to believe in ufos Um my wife is a perfect example. Like she's not into the subject like I am, but there's been cases where situations where I'm explaining something to her and she's like, yeah, well, they're real. Uh, what do you think? Of course you saw, they saw UFO. They're real. And that I've had that situation happen with a lot of people here uh, where it's just kind of accepted, but obviously there is a stigma. There's still the X files music that plays when they, when they put it on the news, There's still, uh, I think it's more that people are just around the world afraid to accept this subject and to let people know that they're into this subject. Uh, So I would think that if you come to South America, you're going to notice that, one, there's a lot of UFO hotspots in South America, and two, people are open to to talk about it. And in general, people are more open in Argentina. Uh, We are, like, very... Uh, friendly people. Most most people think we're friendly. Some people don't. But um, you, you come here, you know, you have, there's something called an asado. It's like a barbecue that everyone does on the weekends. Everyone gets together, everyone talks. It's really common to go out n- at night. So it's very social. So these kinds of subjects and stuff come up. People talk about it. And it is still a bit taboo. But there are groups here dedicated to researching the phenomenon and they do good work. And yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a global phenomenon. We're all kind of stuck in the same story, the same paradigm where we're trying to get this conversation going in the right direction and we're fighting for that. And wherever you go, you're going to come up with the same obstacles, you know, the, the same, same barriers to jump.
1: I always get the impression whenever I see reports coming out from South America, normally with subtitles from local news, things like that, that the people for whatever reason, seem more open to talking about it. That might just be the the narrative or the way it's kind of spun. But like you say, people seem happier to do it. I've talked a lot recently about how particularly here in the UK, uh, the conversation's almost non-existent. We've got the the X-Files music and the logo, and it's still Little Green Aliens. And the only person of any sort of authority, controversial or not, that talks about it in the UK is Nick Pope. But again, it's it's always the weird fonts and the articles and spooky and it's not taken seriously. And that's something that some of us are looking to rectify soon. In the US, it seems to be the sort of the country that's really driving the conversation at the moment. Yeah. And there's a lot of things the US is driving rightly or wrongly at the moment. Let's not go into that a few days before election night. But one <laughs> thing that seems to, especially if you're involved in this topic, um, that the US seems to be right at the forefront of is the disclosure movement, obviously led by TTSA, Lou Elizondo, and other people. Uh, We've got the Senate bill that we're looking at is obviously getting passed. Uh, UAP task force uh, classified or classified briefings going to come out, but there's going to be declassified briefings, hopefully, apparently, that will give us some information. In South America, though, do you think enough is enough, enough? I'll say that again without, you know, lisping enough is being done uh, to push that movement forward. Are you happy with what you see from your end?
0: Uh, I mean, in general, I think I'm happy where we are as a whole when it comes to this, you know, uh, I do see your standpoint, or I I see what you're saying about the UK. And I feel like we're still going to always have that issue. We're still going to have the X-Files music. We're still going to have, scoffs and people thinking it's ridiculous uh, there's real topics and real things that aren't unidentified that people scoff and laugh at and don't take serious you know um, I feel like TTSA really pushed the envelope and helped take this conversation to a new level so a lot of pe- a lot more people are taking it seriously in the states and here in Argentina like I said I feel like it's being taken seriously, um, but not at the level that we're seeing in the states with DTSA and and just that whole movement that they that they've started. Um, I wish there was a, a, a ranch of TTSA in Argentina that would be cool, uh, and one in the UK as well, and anywhere they were needed. Yeah. Uh, but I think it could be better, right? Always, I think it could be better. But I also keep coming back to this idea, like. We're always going to have this problem. We're always going to have this issue. And I feel like even the day uh, the so-called UFO lands on the on the White House lawn, right, there's still going to be people that don't believe that the UFO landed, that it's CGI, that it's just, you know, a government craft, that it's all a trick, that this isn't real, that uh, the more I've looked into this I – I'm mean, like I'm saying, I've been looking into this actually probably since I was – 10 years old, you know, I go to the library and grab a book on, on aliens and UFOs. And I've been waiting for, for something like TTSA to, to appear on my radar, at least right. now I'm old enough to understand what's going on and I can see how they're working and the positive things they are doing. But I also keep noticing that just as a, as a species, as a whole, the human species, for some reason has difficulty accepting things Uh, that are new or different right we've seen it all throughout history and this subject is going to be very new and very different for many people not for me and you but for most people it's going to be very new and very different haven't you ever met people that like uh don't like to think further than they should don't like to like think about certain things like i've had people tell me i don't don't even talk about ufos like don't i don't even want to talk about that like no
1: Yeah, particularly. And do you know what? I used to think it was a lot of it was to do with religion. But some of the people that I've had the best conversations with that have been most open to, okay, what about UFOs? Tell me about it. Tend to be some of the most religious people who they've got their very deep seated rooted faith in whatever God or whatever prophet they believe in. But they are the most likely to have a conversation with you about something else being out there. And actually, when when you break away from the conversation and how I like to start it is, OK, forget aliens coming from Mars just for a minute. What if it was something different? And you get their attention with that. And it's like, well, well what do you mean? I'm not talking flying saucers coming from another planet. What if they were here? what if they were in a different reality what and it, it, it's crazy and the conversation tends to not go on too long but it just gets them thinking a little <laughs> bit differently and yet it can yeah, make you I, sound I like you know what you're talking about but it can make you sound crazy as well and like you say credibility with people like that doesn't really matter because you're going to hit them with something really strange really quickly but if you plant the seed in their head that as you say down the line a documentary like the phenomenon comes out or they see a ufo report on the news or read it in the paper maybe they just go back to that very short conversation with you or they go back to the that guy's youtube channel they found with the really high production value where they watched a five minute (laughs) video and they think oh wait actually maybe i should pay a little bit more attention to this so you're planting the seeds for stuff down the line uh which yeah. which i think again and you mentioned you know it'd be great to have a branch of ttsa in argentina but maybe the closest thing we've got to that at the minute is your youtube channel and that's no bad thing <laughs> I, I mean that because when you look at what some of the most prominent people at the front of the field people will be sick of me saying elizondo and co but those people uh jacques Vallée and the like they want other people to get involved they want people doing the research they want other people speaking out you don't have to be a celebrity to have a really good conversation an in-depth conversation um i would never claim and never will probably be famous but if we've got enough people listening to this and enough people listen to your program or watch your show, there's quite a lot of an audience there who are hearing two different sides of a conversation now. And that gets out there. And that's happening across a lot of different platforms, whether it's vlogs, blogs, podcasts, magazines, uh, TV shows, documentaries just now. So it's a really good time for it as well. Um, just touching on the, the last series of Unidentified, Lou Elizondo spent a lot of time in, in South America himself um i've spoke to a few people Uh, buddy from alien protocols mentioned he feels there's a bit of a a super highway a ufo super highway over south america as well is that something you've looked into much thought much about or, or why there's such a connection with south america and ufos
0: well the other day when i made that ufo hotspot video uh The problem there was, as soon as I started doing, I've been researching that for, you know, everyone knows about UFO hotspots, but I was like, okay, I'm going to try to generalize this and and see what I can, what I can get, you know, where we can go with this. And I started realizing there's so much information from so many locations around the world. Uh, South America is one of those locations, like Chile, Peru, Argentina. Um, I, I talked about it in the past, but... I went to Cordova. Cordoba, Argentina, is known as a UFO hotspot. Um, there's different locations there that are uh, considered, you know, hotspots. And I actually had a, a, a not, not really. I had a sighting right there. Um, I went to this mountain called the Uritorco, and the Uritorco has a legend that inside of the mountain there's a race of alien beings that live in the mountain. Um, the town, uh, Capilla del Monte is located at the bottom of the of this mountain and it's all alien themed all the shops have like uh aliens in the windows and there's t-shirts and stuff you can buy it's very uh tourist a touristy thing when you drive in the sign has a big alien on it when you're driving in there's a ufo in the park a metal statue so i love to go there whenever i i visit Cordova. i have family there I went with my wife and we went camping at the base of this mountain we actually climbed the mountain i wouldn't suggest climbing the mountain, unless you're in amazing shape. Uh, (laughs) We made it to the top of the mountain. We were both like, oh my God, I don't know if I'll do that again, or at least do it at night, maybe see if you can find a tour guide that'll take you up at night. So you're not like sitting in the sun because there's not like high trees and stuff. So you're going to get sunburned. I was red like a lobster by the time I came down that mountain and I didn't see any UFOs when I went up the mountain, but it was a beautiful you know, location. So we're camping there. Uh, we decide to go down to the town to grab some food, have some drinks, and the only way to get down to the town is to wait for a bus that comes to the base of the mountain. Uh, it's nighttime. I'm looking up the mountain, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, how amazing would it be if I could see something? This spot is known for for UFO sightings, right? It's known for close encounters. I believe in this. I'm searching and researching and looking for this all the time it, this would be perfect and as i stare up at the sky over the mountain i see this blue sort of flash appear on one you know above the mountain high enough to where it wouldn't be uh a drone uh just because it wasn't the the movement it was just a flash right it was a, a blue flash and i said well that's weird my first thought was wow that's strange well look at that i was just thinking i wanted to see something and i just saw a blue flash in the sky that's strange but it's just a light, right? You, you got to try to think logically. I mean, who knows what that was? The next thing I see is that blue light appears in a, a separate part of the sky, like far enough to where if it was a craft, it just shot across the sky super fast. Um, at that point, I'm like telling my wife, like, hey, look, look, of course, you know, her husband loves UFOs. It's like, hey, look at the sky. Look at the UFO!" I'm like, there's something in the sky. And she's like looking and we see the third flash and then it just kind of disappears. But again, the third flash was in a different location. So this thing was like zigzagging across the sky. And I thought it was super strange. But of course, like always, I try to stay logical. And I think, well, it was just a flash. I didn't see a physical craft. Um, Who knows what that was? But Argentina is definitely considered a UFO hotspot in South America is considered a ufo hotspot but i also found that if you speak to certain people from different locations a lot of them will claim where they are as a ufo hotspot (laughs) that was also another issue i had when i was researching i was like wait a minute there's so many ufo hotspots how am i going to figure this out like i have to look at all the cases and and see how many cases happen in certain locations and add them up and see which one has more and i don't know i ended up thinking what if this is just a sign that you know this is a global phenomenon. This is happening to everyone everywhere, and there are a lot of sightings. Maybe there are certain locations where people just pay more attention to the sky, where the sky is clearer. Uh, you know, like I think it's much more difficult to see a UFO in Buenos Aires with the fog and the clouds and stuff than it would be in the middle of the Cordoba, which is like all mountains and kind of has that uh, Roswell kind of vibe to it. You know, um, so yeah, I, I think it's something that. We should all think about if, you know, UFO hotspots and what that means, you know, like what is attracting the phenomenon there or is it that the phenomenon has always been there and we're just noticing it.
1: And that's uh, it's really relevant. You're saying about like obviously light pollution in areas I've, I've said before, I live in the northeast of England and it's relatively clear skies. I'm far enough away from a city that there's a lot of fields and stuff near where I stay that it's quite, you know, it, Nice skies that if the if the clouds aren't here in the UK, which they regularly are, you see a lot of stars. But someone like myself and someone like yourself, when when we're out, you're probably walking with your head looking at the sky constantly, trying to see something or hoping you see something most people are no doubt walking about with their head kind of pointed down or on their phone or you know and that, that's just normal the worst people to have a ufo sighting are people like us because when you go to tell someone it's like oh yeah of course the ufo guy saw a ufo of course you did and it's like no no but i know what i was looking for i, I know what a plane looks like at altitude uh, I, i'm pretty good at spotting the satellites because even if it was a ufo it could be an alien spacecraft but if it moves like a satellite like you say it's probably a satellite so yeah that's it could be alien spacecraft tagging me and if they move slow and in a straight line i just put it down to being a satellite so yeah but i'm I'm definitely one who's out kind of looking for them more so maybe that's why i've had a couple of sightings.
0: No, that that saying keep your eyes to the skies is, is very real i feel like uh not enough people look up into the sky in the past you know a hundred years ago people were probably looking at the sky all the time there was no cell phones there was no distractions and the stars were probably the most beautiful thing you could look at because there was you know no television you were outside working working the fields or doing whatever um and i also think that if you notice uh i've, I've looked a lot into the ancient alien hypothesis right the ancient astronaut hypothesis and the ancient aliens, the ancient astronaut hypothesis. Uh, that wasn't a plug for the History Channel, but <laughs> um, uh, what happened was is like I, after looking into this for so long, somehow I always end up back there at the ancient astronaut hypothesis. And I'm like, okay. So is it possible that in the past uh, these beings were interacting with us more often and more openly? One, because we had no way of, of spreading the stories that quick. Right. Spreading their interactions with us that quick Uh, to because consciously we were more open to it. You know, like when people would meditate a hundred years ago or a thousand years ago or whatever, um, they would actually I feel like they would actually believe what they were what they were meditating about or what they were praying about. Right. They actually believed it. Nowadays, we've been taught that meditation is a form of relaxation or, you know, a lot of people believe like doing yoga and and prayer too is just like you can pray, but you got to know like it's just, it's good for you. Some people believe it's just good for you. You know, they don't believe that it's actually going to do anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel like it's a good way to clear their conscience or to to feel better or to think about their life and stuff. But I feel like a long time ago, they actually believed it. So imagine that, you know, some people do CE5 and they, like Steven Greer promotes that whole thing. Um, imagine a bunch of people just having that level of determination to to contact something, right? All sitting in a group with no distractions, with no, uh, no internet, nothing clogging up their mind, just freely connecting their consciousness to whatever, right? Whatever there is in the universe, whatever energy, whatever there is. I'm thinking, I started thinking, well, that's probably why there's all these stories of, of angels coming down and, and teaching us and uh, different gods coming down and, and, and interacting with us. Uh, maybe it was that their level of consciousness was much higher because over the years we've kind of become uh, distracted,
1: right? Absolutely. And one, you're talking about thousands or even hundreds of years ago, but still now, like indigenous tribes in America still have that connection to the stars and they talk really openly. And Tom DeLonge tweeted quite a while ago but one of the documentaries still to come, is a six-part series on indigenous tribes in America and it's going to focus on that connection, I'm guessing, with UAPs and, you know as you say meditation ce5 it's got all these different names but whatever it is they do to kind of be at one with stars and you know call it a force call it an energy whatever you want to call it they have not lost that because they can still distance themselves from modern distractions and they may have a cell phone but yeah. they can also put that away and spend a bit of time being at one with nature i suppose is the the classic phrase but it still works for a lot of people
0: yeah uh one thing i was thinking too is you know that have you seen that clip of robert bigelow uh on 2020 or 60 minutes 60 I minutes mean, 60 minutes, minutes. Yeah. and he uh i used it a few times in some of my videos because i, I love the clip so much and he says that that we don't have to look in you know into space for for answers to this uh it's our, it's here right in front of us like right under our noses and something mm-hmm. that that inspired me kind of to like trying to think what he's talking about right what could he mean and really if you look at religion as as a as just a starting point right you look at religion and just the different religions from around the world like you were saying earlier uh there sometimes it's easier to talk to religious people because in my opinion they're already kind of open to the idea of multi-dimensional beings and other realities
1: because some, if you believe, something else yeah higher power exactly
0: yeah. If you believe you're gonna go, if you if you believe when you pa- when you pass away you go to heaven, what is heaven? Heaven is another uh, is another reality, it's another dimension, right? If you look at it logically and you try to explain it like scientifically, the only way it could ever exist would be for it to be like another dimension mm-hmm. or another reality, right? Something we can't see that's that's here with us. So, I started looking at looking at the phenomenon kind of from that aspect, thinking, what if it is? The reason why these religions are all like this and then i started thinking okay so okay so what if religions have to do with the phenomenon we're getting kind of deep here i don't want to turn anyone off i I respect (laughs) everyone's religions and stuff like that and of course guys i'm just sharing a a thought a theory right um
1: like i say everyone could be wrong we don't know who's right exactly
0: that's very important to always remember and I, i hope everyone knows that i may go in the wrong direction sometimes and I have done it in the past and you guys can always reach out to me and let me know what you think and you might change what you know change my opinion but uh I was thinking okay so what if you start looking at religion and these these histories like that that it's basically a representation of the phenomenon right think about how many churches there are around the world how many temples how many mosques how many when you walk into a mosque you see an angel flying in the sky You know you hear stories of of resurrections and and uh stars guiding people through the desert to uh meet the the child of of these gods um that right there could be the phenomenon just sitting right under our noses yeah it could be an example of this phenomenon interacting with us since the beginning of time somehow guiding us down uh, this path that we've been on to who we are today uh causing, you know, beautiful things to happen and negative things to happen, but also like sitting right in front of every time I walk into a church. Now I, I ruined it because now I walk into a church and I'm like, okay, so this may be like an alien temple. And <laughs> I don't think anybody's paying attention to how this looks like an alien Like That thing is flying right there. If I saw that come out of the sky and land in front of me, I would not think it was here that, you know, I would be very weary if i saw something come fly a person come flying out of the sky and try to help me i feel like okay wait you are an alien you you're not from here
1: i I do something similar where i walk in and whenever i have to sing like a a hymn in church i use the excuse that yeah the aliens wouldn't want me to be singing so yeah this is this is something that humans have definitely put in here i I don't have to sing this well
0: I, i went to catholic school too so i read the bible i um Like i said i respect everybody's religions and i don't think there's anything wrong with being religious but i think that it might be even more fascinating for you if you think that hey this this might actually be the phenomenon presenting itself to us and look at all these temples and moths and 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 rules and things that people follow and beliefs that people have look at these
1: pyramids that were built somehow (laughs) and they literally line up with the stars in a way that we would struggle to do now with modern technology Saying the
0: truth many times is much stranger than fiction, and I think Robert Bigelow might have been, you know, trying to say that in a way. Like, there's a lot of people just walking around not paying attention to how fascinating things are and how strange things are. Really, if you think about it, it's pretty strange uh, how our how our belief systems are built and all this kind of stuff. You know, if you start breaking it down, we could talk for hours about it, but.
1: Well, listen, we could, and we could definitely do a part two. I'm more than happy to do that. We have a lot of listener questions to get to, and they're going to touch on a few subjects that you've already sort of brought up, but this is definitely a good chance to elaborate on them as well, and some some new thoughts and theories too. So I'll start off with a question from Dustin. Um, Dustin was asking, do you think we see UFOs or UAPs over nuclear sites or nuclear vessels? Um because they somehow use these as energy sources to power their craft. of course, on Twitter it's at UFO A, M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see.
0: It wasn't a tic tac, and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of. The little-
1: when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little meditated game faithful fateful on Meta I can't imagine how it could've been any better I got to the top of the stairs and there he was Like, you awake, I was about to abduct you cuz
0: I jumped back and nearly kissed myself.
1: and I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. And I helped up my boys, they thought this was noise, they thought it was a dream, and
0: they thought it was my toys, they thought it was my problems, and I think I just think therapy, me and I don't know what it because it doesn't really scare me.